Welcome to Green and Gold Forever. I'm Eric Drews, broadcasting from Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and we will be joined shortly here by Matt McLean out in Eau Claire as we are trying to deal with our different audio problems. And uh, turns out we're not the only ones in Green and Gold Nation that have problems, <clears throat> and I'm try trying to get through that and I'm losing my voice. But that's the kind of podcast that I guess will go with a 26-26 tie against the Minnesota Vikings. Certainly a lot to talk about uh, in this game. Oh, man. Matt, usually I try to begin the podcast by kind of framing what we're going to talk about, but I feel like um, this is one where I don't know if what I'm thinking is what a lot of other Packer fans are thinking. So I just want to ask you, what are you thinking after the game we saw yesterday? I don't know. I think it's kind of one of those games where you're just really torn after watching it because, I mean, there was some good things, and maybe we feel a little bit better going into this Thursday's game knowing that Flynn is now the starter and obviously he did some really nice things coming in there, getting the team back. You have a comeback, but, I mean, we don't really know how to deal with ties. It's not like we've had a whole lot of those in our lifetime as Packer fans at all. Probably none, huh? Uh, one in mine, none in yours. Uh, the, okay. the tie was in week two of 1987, so I was a teeny tiny, like, five-month-old, and you weren't quite born yet. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's really weird. I mean, but luckily... Um, despite our game, we got a little bit of help around us, and it, it, the ball's still in our court here. Detroit doesn't seem to want to take the division at all, so if you can somehow win this game, and then you've got a week and a half off and maybe get Rodgers back, potentially, I mean, you're still in a pretty good spot. But I guess in terms of this game specifically, I, I mean, it's it's bizarre. <laughs> it's, it was weird, and it almost didn't feel like a regular season Packer game, but mm -hmm. it counts just as much, even though it doesn't count in either the win or the loss column. Well, it counts half in each is how it's graded, so... Um, the only thing I really thought about that is that the wild card tiebreaker hell that we had been talking about in the division two is basically gone now. Uh, they're not going to tie anybody with a tie on their, yeah. so they're either going to win the division outright at a nine six and one or a ten five and one, which seems incredibly unlikely, or even an eight seven and one. Uh, but they're not going to tie anybody unless uh, Detroit ties the Vikings. Um, mm -hmm. which would be hilarious. This season <laughs> needs the Vikings to have like a uh, a 3-10 or a 4-10-2 record or something like that. Mm -hmm. I guess the big thing that seems to divide Packer fans is, and, and maybe you kind of answered it, but are you feeling good more or I guess are you leaning more towards feeling good or bad about what happened yesterday? I guess I'm personally leaning more towards bad. Mm -hmm. um, you know what I talked about with Matt Flynn, the running game went well, the re some of the receivers made some nice plays, but I think just watching that defense just get completely manhandled in the second half especially, and, and watching Toby Gerhardt just, it's not like he was even really running people oh. over, the, their offensive line was just destroying us, and our defense was, was horrible, mm -hmm. and I guess that's kind of my overriding theme here is that I'm feeling more and more, and I, I was still holding on some hope. I know you have felt this way for a long time, but I'm feeling more and more like this team around Aaron Rodgers is not good at all. Mm -hmm. And you were constantly texting me yesterday telling me <laughs> this was the worst team in the NFL. Um, and I don't know if I'd go that far, but really, I mean, you watch them, they're pretty darn close. Mm -hmm. Minnesota's pretty close to one of the worst teams in the NFL, and they tied them. So mm -hmm. I guess by by game statistics that they're the 
about the same. So um, mm-hmm. I guess I'm leaning more towards bad and especially not feeling confident going into this game on Thursday. So um, really wishing we would have taken that one and not super satisfied with a tie. Yeah, and I was sad after the game because had they won, this would have been one of the benchmark Packer regular yeah. season wins. Uh, and it would have been so much fun, too, oh. I mean, just with how things went. Well, and yeah, even the way things went, it was just so nice to have a game where you were excited for a little bit. I mean, I haven't felt excited about anything Packers since the fourth quarter of that game in the Metrodome. I mean, the other th- last three games have just been miserable to watch. And so it's fun to finally get that opportunity, but I'm feeling pretty bad about this team after this. And I still stand by a lot of what I said uh, to you during the game and that this team is not very good at all. And people want to say, oh, Flynn came in and he rallied from 16 down. That's fine. Minnesota stinks. They're 2-8 and eight and they're horrible. They've given up 32 points a game going into this week, which is by far the worst in the NFL. And I don't know, like, the defense is horrible. Toby Gerhardt, last time he looked that good, he was playing Notre Dame. (laughs) And he looked like he was borderline a bust as an NFL player, and he's coming in there running like Adrian Peterson against this team. I just don't think they're very good across the board. And Matt Flynn provided a spark, but now all of a sudden people are like, hey, Flynn can beat the Lions, look what he did. As soon as Minnesota started pressuring him on every play, saying, we don't believe your arm is any good, we don't believe you can make decisions quickly, they blitzed the hell out of him, and he couldn't do anything after that for the rest of the game. And so I have, fine, they show flashes of this, you know, Flynn is okay, Eddie Lacy's a beast, which is clear he is, Clay Matthews played great yesterday. They're 0-3-0.5, I guess, or 0-3-1, they've... Lost three and a half games and one half a game uh, in the standing since Aaron Rodgers broke his collarbone. And I go back to the old Tom Jackson adage, yes, the Lions are losing, the Bears are losing, but people said this in 05 when everybody kept losing as the Packers started poorly, and people were saying the Packers are still in this. And I'll, I'll always remember when Tom Jackson said, yeah, but you got to win some. Yeah. And that's where the Packers are right now. They they still have not won a game since Aaron Rodgers came back. You're not winning this division 5-5-6 five, five, and six as your record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you said everything. And I think, really, I, do you think Ted Thompson's embarrassed by what we're seeing here the last few games? I mean, minus one player, I mean, your team's awful. They can't beat the worst team in the, you know, one of the worst teams in the NFL and mm-hmm. probably the worst defense in the NFL. I would think I mean, he is. I mean, he's got to feel good about Jordy Nelson. I think he proved that he's not a production of Aaron Rodgers. He's a pretty damn good wide receiver. Um, and I yeah. think the team as a whole, I mean, you've got Jordy Nelson playing well, Eddie Lacy played well, Clay Matthews played well, but the rest of those guys, I mean, the defense is getting worse now that Aaron Rodgers is out. So anybody who wants to use that 2011 excuse that the defense was so bad because Aaron <laughs> Rodgers was putting a point so quickly, yeah. I mean, that's clearly not true. Um, they're just not good. And and I've slower than most come to the realization of that. I mean, I, I've they've obviously had some frustrating games, but I held out hope this year that the run defense was better and that the secondary was better, but they're not. Mm-hmm. And... And this is these are the kind of games where you step up and prove that you are a good defense when you're when your leader's down and you look worse. Mm-hmm. So to me, I guess that's just super frustrating to me that I've I've held out hope that this defense was more than what it is. And and honestly, and realistically, it looks like they maybe have you know they've got one star and then a bunch of other average to good players, and that's just not good enough. Yeah, and I'm gonna knock maybe you and some of our longtime listeners right out of their chairs. 
but watching the game yesterday and watching the Giants game, I don't think it's Dom's fault. Honestly, like, I think they could replace him because they need a new figurehead, and they need to get over this era of Packers football. I think his ideas are old, but he's not, like, this incompetent idiot, I don't think. I mean, he, he can do better, I think, and I think they need a change because they just need a spark on there. But when you're sending seven guys at Christian Ponder... None of them get home, and then the guy covering one-on-one -on, -one on the receiver loses the matchup. What are you supposed to do as a, as a defensive coordinator? And there were tons of those instances in the last two games. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he's trying to get after the quarterback, and uh, and I agree with you. I think he he does still need to go. I mean, I'm not going to change my opinion on that just after the the one game. But I mean, it, we've seen this over his time here that he'll send players and they just don't get home. So then he starts to feel like, well, what's the point? I'll just kind of drop everybody back. Yeah. And then the quarterback has all day. So it's kind of you know, darn if you do, darn if you don't. It's either you're going to send everybody, not get to the quarterback, or you know, just try to drop guys back into to coverage, and then they get picked apart. So. You know, maybe I don't know who you blame for that. Then is that Ted Thompson for the players that he's picking on defense, or uh, or what? But it's I don't, I don't I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know either. And it kind of comes back to the old arg uh, point we've always made is that I don't think they're very talented on defense, but they're also kind of married to the players they have to some extent. Yeah. Because Clay Matthews is the highest paid player in the NFL, and you're not going to pay him to be the highest played paid player in the NFL to be Lance Briggs. You know, and he's got to be a pass rusher, and I don't know. I think maybe, I don't know where it starts, but I think the fact that A.J. Hawk really is not all that good. He's a solid guy, but they expect more out of him in a defense like this, and B.J. Raji's a total non-factor. Um, I think they've lost a ton once they lost Charles Woodson because there doesn't seem to be very many smart people in the secondary. Um, Tremont Williams is having a rough time again, and even yesterday, I mean, he's in position, but he's just losing physical matchups a lot of times. And that's disconcerting. And Morgan Burnett's horrible. I, I would get rid of him in this offseason. I know people seem to like him, but he seems to be in the wrong place at the right time all the time. Yeah. And you're spot on with everybody. And I'm, I've been a huge Tremont Williams fan, and he'll make these flashes, and he'll have huge plays. I think it was him that stripped uh, Peterson, I believe, yep, right? Yep. But then, then he goes, and then he'll get you know consistently beat. And I heard somebody on the radio the other day saying that they thought Sam Shield has been the best cornerback on the team, and I was like, really? And I, but I was kind of thinking about it. It's like maybe they're right. <laughs> I've I've been a pretty stubborn Tremont Williams fan, but it's just not been good enough this year, and he's just not progressing. But I'm completely on board with you with Morgan Burnett. I kind of felt that way early last year, and then people were telling me that you know he played really well down the stretch, and and he did guess, honestly for for a few games, and then he fell apart again. He had a couple of good games, and the same with B.J. Raji down the stretch last year. Mm -hmm. um, had a couple of nice games, and then all of a sudden this year, um, Burnett's been, been bad. Mm -hmm. And Raji, if you watched the game yesterday, I mean, he's supposed to be a star. They're what they're yeah. going to try to pay him, what, $8 million a year? Yeah. He's, he's not an $8 million a year player. But If I told you he like, got injured on October 4th and hasn't played since, would, would you question that? I'd have no idea. I mean, he hasn't made a play since Aaron Rodgers has been out, and he's supposed to be a star. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, yeah, maybe you're tied to some of these guys, but it's your, it's your you're the one who's doing it. He's he's probably not even the, in the top half of, of starting defensive tackles in the NFL right now, I wouldn't think. I wouldn't think so either. But, I mean, he's for some reason, he's a superstar because of 2010, and he made some nice plays, and he's been good, but he's not that guy. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're going to pay him, you know, like an elite superstar just to keep him around because he was a draft pick. But, 
But I mean, and we're even talking about like the second tier of best players on the defense too. I mean, you're not even mentioning the next tier of all the rest of the players who are even worse than these guys too. So I mean, these are these are supposed to be your second level guys just behind Clay, and and if they're not getting the job done, clearly everybody else even below them is even more not getting the job done. Yeah, and it just seems across the board. And I was funny the play yesterday that I thought it was Devon House where he almost gave up the game winning touchdown in overtime. Um, mm-hmm. But part of me kind of admired the fact that he took that risk and maybe gave me hope for him in the future. you got to make that play, but the fact that he was willing to make it and he still sort of disrupted the pass was kind of, yeah. I was sort of like, wow, you know, that takes a lot to be able to do that. It's not just like Jared Bush watching the ball fly over his head or something. Right. Uh, so, you know, I don't know what else. He, it would have been nice if he made the play, but I don't know why I thought of that one. But most of these guys are just bodies out there. Like, I, I feel like... A, Part of it's injuries, fine, but it's like, I, I don't know. We've we've had a number of different guys. We talked about that earlier in the season. It can't be, I, I don't know if it's Ted, I don't know if it's Dom, I don't know if it's a mix of everybody, but it just seems like no matter who's out there, they're awful, even when they have everybody. Right, and, and like you said, I mean, they, they seem interchangeable almost, like all the rest of these guys. They never make a big play, and and they're just, they're, they're average players i mean mm-hmm. so you throw out a bunch of players like that around i mean obviously you're not going to have a good defense so um you know it you, countless linebackers have been through here in the last four or five years and you you throw them on other teams and they get cut right away i mean what's eric walden doing these days he was just on the packers what last year yep he's uh oh he's a colt now yeah, he was headbutting yeah. people with their helmets <laughs> off. yeah that's what i was gonna say yeah <laughs> so it, it just a lot of average players that could you know they're interchangeable and just not enough stars and not enough good players and i think a lot of the players that we thought were good or on their way to being stars are not mm-hmm. and that's really sad because we were talking about this team like it could be a dynasty in, yeah. in 2011 and then it just never panned out it's like the, the only thing that panned out is that aaron Rodgers is real good jordy nelson is real good uh clay matthews is is real good when he's healthy and there's some other bright spots but for the most part they're just not what we thought they were and can I just say, too, I would like to retract everything I said about Clay Matthews potentially being overpaid when we talked about <laughs> that after he got the contract. Yeah. Not that I not that I don't think that he's maybe overpaid for his production, but compared to what he does or what he did yesterday and what we've seen this season compared to everybody else on that defense, he seems to be the only one that wants to step up, and I'll gladly get, have him get paid a little bit more than mm-hmm. he's probably worth just because he's the only one doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that was awesome to see what he did yesterday. I mean, he's hurt. And how is he somehow showing up more than anybody else? And he had just a great game. So mm-hmm. I, I, I think that contract was definitely worth it at this point. If you let him walk, imagine what this defense looks like right now. Oh, they're horrible. And, and, and yeah, I, I think I owe him an apology, too, a little bit. I'm sure he's been waiting for that, just yep. listening, refreshing the page on Monday nights, waiting to see if we say nice things about him on the uh, podcast. But um, I feel like the last couple of weeks especially, and I know they – you know, lost one and tied the other, but a lot of these big moments, I'll just be sitting there watching him on third down, and I'll say to myself, I'll be like, Clay, prove to me right now that you're an all-pro, and then he goes and collapses the pocket before the quarterback gets to the back of his his drop, and that's what you need from this guy, and now granted, he doesn't have a lot of help with him, but the the thing I did, he was awesome yesterday, but one thing I did notice, uh, if I hadn't already, is just the way he plays there's no surprise why he gets injured so much. Uh, one of his sacks of Christian Ponder, when he made contact with Ponder, he had nothing touching the ground. 
He had no feet, no nothing. He's flying through the air and trying to grasp him and then kind of contort his body to bring him down. I mean, it's awesome, and he makes plays that he probably couldn't otherwise make, but that's why he's getting hurt all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of reckless. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, Clay's just been awesome. I, I wish we could have someone that was 75% as good as he is on that defense yeah. right now. They really, I mean, that defense was great in 2010, and they say that, players make the game and is it really as simple as saying that Nick it, you can't lose Nick Collins and Charles Woodson and still expect to be good and Colin Jenkins when and he was Colin in his Jenkins. prime and, yeah yeah yeah, yeah I mean, you, you lose those three I mean those were keys to that defense it I think it is probably more than that but I, you, there's not much you can do about Charles Woodson I mean he's kind of bad in Oakland now too yeah. uh, and, and definitely has lost a few steps but I mean you just can't lose players like that and expect to be the same mm-hmm. and then you know like I'd mentioned guys like Tremont Williams and BJ Raju looked like they were going to be superstars all of a sudden are have not progressed at all so mm-hmm. I think the combination of a little bit of everything and it just leads to a very poor defense yeah and one that almost gave up the game and we've had uh, or there's been people talking today about if they maybe should have went for it on fourth down from the one yard line but then seeing how the Vikings responded just marching down the field like they were Alabama playing Coastal Carolina <laughs> I mean I understand why Mike didn't go for it how do you feel about the play calls at the end of overtime um, not to jump around too much but I was begging them to run three times once they got inside the 10 yeah, I, uh, you texted me that yesterday, and I, I actually kind of disagreed. I, I kind of liked the pass play on that one just because I think they'd run it on first and second, didn't they, and got kind of stuffed a little bit. They did, but they got and closer. And I guess I, I was feeling pretty confident in Flynn at that point. I know he had kind of had a slower end to the game in the beginning of overtime uh, as opposed to, like, the, you know, the third and fourth. But I, I was feeling kind of confident in him, in him, and I like our receivers making a play. I guess I kind of agreed with the play call personally. I like maybe trying to get the ball in Jordy Nelson's hands and just putting it up for him to see if he can make a play. Mm-hmm. I guess I don't disagree with throwing the ball there, maybe a different play, but mm-hmm. I guess I guess I don't have a problem with the play calling. Well, just the thing I don't like about it is they seem to have their only play down there is that throw to Jordy, that quick corner route. It's not like yeah. a true fade, and that seems to be a really hard throw for even Rodgers to make. Yeah. And it's ridiculously dependent on timing and so you either have to throw that or you have to throw a fade which even as good as Jordy Nelson is what is it at best like a 65 35 percent of a touchdown versus an interception um I just I'm just tired of them throwing on third down they've done it for four years and it doesn't work and I mean I I don't know It, it Whatever. <laughs> I would like to see maybe a different, like, kind of a pass play down there. I mean, you watch the Broncos and the Patriots play last night, just for example. Yeah. And they're not – I mean, we're running, like, the Phillip Rivers three years ago goal line <laughs> offense where you throw three straight fades. I mean, yeah. there's nothing wrong with trying to run some, some crossing routes and some rubs and, mm-hmm. um, you know, throwing to the back of the end zone, you know, not on a fade. That's such a low percentage play. Yeah. And when you've got the playmakers that we do, I know not everybody's out there, but I – Put James Jones and Jordy in the slot and just let him try to beat somebody. Mm-hmm. I, I think Flynn can fit it into a tight window inside more than he can throw a fade route to a guy he hasn't played with a whole lot lately. So, mm-hmm. Well, and um, if you throw I a guess, bullet inside, too, likely that the, the guys in there in between the receiver and the pass are not going to intercept it. They're going to knock it down, potentially. But Yeah, I... I I guess I, I like the pass. I didn't like the play. I, the fade always kind of drives me nuts because it seems like it's never complete yeah. unless you've got a guy like Larry Fitzgerald out there. I mean, mm-hmm. we just don't run it very well, and we, we keep doing it. I, 
we're so good at the slant and, and quick in routes and stuff, and I know that's what the defense is expecting in a situation like that. That's why you run the fade. But mm-hmm. it, even still, I just think it's a lot more high percentage than a fade route. Well, and I think that's that's maybe another reason why I preferred them to run, because their bread and butter down there is the quick back shoulder throw by uh, Aaron Rodgers or yep. that real quick inside slant where a guy gives you a foot and then Rodgers just jams it in there. And rightfully so, I don't think they trust Flynn to throw either of those. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't think they should, quite frankly. Uh, just trying to think of it in my head. But again, they let Tolzien throw that route to Jordy against the Eagles, and it almost went back for 105 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, that's true. So, um, I don't know. Hindsight's, well, they say hindsight's twenty twenty. I don't believe that either, I guess. But it, I just, I, I don't know. They probably got stuffed anyways. They just can't score in the red zone this year after last year being historically good in the red zone. This year they can't do anything, no matter what they try, it seems. Um, what are your thoughts, I guess, on uh, Matt Flynn? I know it was exciting, and um, one of the more interesting things I heard was John Lynch actually talking during the game, and he's like, it's just so weird that for some reason a certain system just feels like home for a guy. Mm-hmm. And that definitely seems to ring true for him. Yeah, absolutely. And and we were kind of talking after the game last week if we thought he that he was going to be the starter this week, the starter, mm-hmm. and we both thought that he would be because Tolzien just you know made a lot of bad throws in the, in the last game, and, and they still named Tolzien the starter. Um, but when he got his chance, he looked very good. Mm-hmm. And I think the big benefit to him as opposed to Tolzien is he's not going to make those absolutely awful misses mm-hmm. that Tolzien was making. Tolzien will hit a, he hit a lot of nice passes and a lot of nice bullets. He obviously had that nice run in the red zone, um, but just a lot of bad misses, whereas mm-hmm. I, I don't think Flynn's going to do that. And I think even though he's you know freshly back, I think he's still more familiar with the system than Tolzien might be. Mm-hmm. Um, it, he makes me feel a little bit more confident. Like you had mentioned earlier, once they started sending pressure, he seemed to hold the ball a lot. Um, I don't know if he wasn't comfortable audibling or, or doing checkdowns, uh, but it seemed like a lot of the routes were kind of down mm-hmm. the field, even when they were sending like eight guys at him. Well, I and think it's because was... McCarthy coaches the guys on a five Mississippi rule. <laughs> They can't throw it before that. Uh, there's no way they'll get to the quarterback within five <laughs> count. Yeah, so it just, but it just seemed like you could clearly see everybody blitzing, mm-hmm. and for whatever reason, everybody's just running straight down the field, and he's holding the ball and getting hit. Mm-hmm. Or um, we saw kind of a lot. What we saw with Tolzien is they're getting balls just constantly knocked down yeah. at the line of scrimmage, um, which is something that you kind of take for granted with Aaron Rodgers is not something that he does a whole lot. I mean, it happens, but it's been it's been wild these last two weeks. So mm-hmm. I guess. I'm feeling more confident with Flynn in there now. I think we at least have a better shot to beat Detroit, whereas with Tolzien, I don't think we had any. Mm-hmm. But um, still not feeling great. Yeah, and I almost wonder with the, the balls batting down thing is that you almost wonder if it's, if it's like an eyes thing. If he's like like the Jason Pierre-Paul pick six that uh, Tolzien had last week, he's just staring down his guy, and I don't think <laughs> it ever occurred to him that a defensive end could pick off a bubble screen. Right. And I think... If, whether it's Rodgers is conscious of what his eyes are doing or if he's looking ahead of where the ball is going or behind where the ball is going, it just seems like it's so much harder for guys uh, to, to bat down these elite quarterback balls, but then you get these lesser guys in there and it seems to be happen, happening constantly. Well, and I think it has, it has to be said that it, it probably has a lot to do with being familiar with the system because if I'm Matt Flynn, I don't know where all the receivers are going to be at all times, whereas Aaron Rodgers has been in the system for, what, seven years and knows mm-hmm. it like the back of his hand. Yeah. So he can take his eyes off Jordy and, and know where he's going to end up, and so he doesn't have to stare him down, whereas Flynn doesn't know, you know, probably the offense as well. So sure. um, you've got to keep his eyes on the receiver. But I think 
I think that has a lot to do with it. And I think that you're just so focused on the receivers that you probably don't even take the time to think about, you know, which defensive ends aren't, aren't being blocked low to keep their hands down or, mm-hmm. or that kind of a thing. It's probably something that just comes with a little bit more time. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, there's bad Flynn's still a pretty young player. I mean, he's been around for a long time, but his regular season action is very, very minimal uh, in the mm-hmm. grand scheme of things. Speaking of Scott Tolzien, doesn't that, he had a great touchdown run. Doesn't that feel like that was last season already? With yeah, how long it did, ago? It did not seem like it was just yesterday, I guess, but um, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a great run. That was a heck of a spin move. You really don't see spin moves like that in the NFL very much. Very video game-like. Yeah, that was great. He did like kind of the juke and the spin move. It was like the whole Madden 2001 N64 arsenal. Uh, I did that play all the time. Just the spin <laughs> move never could be stopped. Well, and they had that juke that was like an automatic extra five yards on there. Yep. Gotta, gotta love those days. Um, well, the big thing is... Aaron Rodgers now, when is he going to come back? Um, apparently, Sunday Night Football doesn't care because the Atlanta Falcons game has been flexed out uh, in favor of Saints-Panthers on uh, December the 8th, which to me is the likely time he'll come back. Rodgers apparently has said he wants to play this week. McCarthy uh, will uh, is not committing to that. He says he needs to practice. He has some um, rehabilitation milestones that he must surpass first, which I think is code for... He needs to practice. Yeah. Um, but I guess what are your thoughts, first of all, on uh, uh, any – do you think Aaron Rodgers has a chance to play this week? And uh, maybe should he, I guess, is another question. I, I think no is my answer to both of those. Yeah. I would clearly love for him to play because that gives you a, a much better chance to win. But, I mean, he hasn't practiced yet. He hasn't been cleared. So if it was a Sunday game, yeah, maybe. But he play, we play in three days. Yeah. Um, I, I don't necessarily want him going in, especially if he's not fully healed up. I don't want him in there taking a shot. I'd much rather he had an extra week and a half to rest. Um, you know, we're probably going to lose with Matt Flynn at quarterback. I mean, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. But I uh, I would much rather have that happen than have our whole franchise in there with, you know, not completely ready to go and no practice time. And mm-hmm. um, I guess I'll take a loss, even if that's the, you know, the worst case scenario is you lose a game rather than, you know, Aaron Rodgers being done for the season or even longer. Yeah, and I I don't necessarily think you should play either. I think the Lions are the kind of team that would take a cheap shot if they got the opportunity. Yeah. And, I mean, even if you lose Sue for the rest of the season, who cares? It could win you the division, (laughs) you know. (laughs) But I hate to rain on the parade of Packer fans. I'm not so sure they win if Rodgers plays with with how this defense is. If people are talking like if Rodgers decides to play against the Lions, the Packers are 10-5-1 in the division champs. Um, I'm sorry, but they probably would have beat the Giants. They probably would have beat Minnesota. They still might have lost to both Philadelphia and the Bears had Aaron Rodgers been playing. This team is weak, especially on the defensive side. They're finally coming around to play good quarterbacks. I'm not going to just all of a sudden pencil in any win in which Aaron Rodgers plays. They win a lot of games when Aaron Rodgers is there. They don't win them all, and that's what they're going to have to do in order to win this division. So I want him to come back because it gives him a better chance, but I am still thinking that it's a big-time long shot that this season ends in the playoffs. Yeah, and I agree, and uh, you hate to sacrifice anything like your only, or I shouldn't say your only good player, but definitely your best player for something like that when you don't even know how it's going to end up, but I I mean, even if Aaron Rodgers plays, they're probably, if you look at the Vegas line, they're probably still underdogs. I mean, in Detroit, against mm-hmm. a team with a, a better record, um, with Matt Stafford and Calvin Johnson, I, I, don't, I still don't know if I like the Packers' chances. So, 
Um, I agree with you there. I, I, I kind of hope he sits out. I mean, if he plays and he wins and it's you know an incredible game, then I guess we're wrong. But I, I just I'm feeling a little bit scared about it. And part of me thinks that eventually, you know, this is Detroit's. The, this is the biggest game the Lions have played in what ten years, maybe longer. Um, well, I mean, they were a wild card team two years ago, right? So, oh, that's true. Yeah, um, but you know, this is still one of the biggest, you know, yeah, top five absolutely. biggest games they've played in a long time. And I, I, I just think they're going to be pumped up. They're going to be hard to beat, anyways. And eventually, you're going to start losing some of these division streaks that you've built up over the last four or five years. They've just been historically good against their division. And I'd like to break some of the milestones with an asterisk. With Aaron Rodgers, or asterisks, I, I, I always say that word wrong. But anyways, I want there to be a reason why they lost. And not just because they beat the Packers, but as a selfish fan, I'm like, okay, fine, if you're going to lose to the Bears at home, and you're going to potentially lose to the Vikings at home, lose to the Lions on Thanksgiving for the first time in 10 years, I'd rather Aaron Rodgers not play so you at least don't have that hanging over your head as a mm-hmm. fan. Yeah, I mean, we just lose to Detroit every time Matt Flynn plays, so... Yeah, yeah, into, but unless it's at Lambeau, then Flynn can win. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I'm, this is going to be not all that fun to watch, but <laughs> you never know. Uh, the the way the Packers and Lions have been as franchises, they Matt Flynn might throw up another ridiculous one and add some more folklore to the Packers' history. Yeah, he might, and uh, honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if the Packers can put up 30 points, but I just don't think that's going to be enough. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. They've been giving up, what, 20, 27, 27, 27, 26 are their last four games. And all against worse offenses than the one they have to play. Yeah, much worse offenses. Um, so do we want to make picks on that game? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay. Um, I think if Aaron Rodgers plays, I think they lose 38-24. I think if Aaron Rodgers doesn't play, I think they lose 38 to 13. Okay. I'm going to say 31 20 uh, without Rodgers because that's what I think we're assuming he's not going to play. Yeah. I, I would think we would have gotten some kind of hint that he's going to play since we're only, like I said, only three days away here at this point. Um, if he plays, uh, if he plays, I think it's going to be. I'll just I'll just pick a Packer win, whatever. I haven't picked one in three weeks. I'll say if Aaron Rodgers plays, they win thirty four thirty one. But I, assuming he doesn't play, I'm thinking they're going to lose. Yeah. Do you have a score? or Don't you care? Oh, I already said it. What oh. I, I said thirty one twenty without thirty four thirty one win with. Sorry, I was trying to get up our Facebook comments right. as I was talking there. What a horrible host I am. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So hopefully we're both wrong. Um, I did put out a question on uh, the Green and Gold Forever podcast page, which has really exploded in activity in recent months, so you ought to go over there and interact. It's, it's a great place to be. Um, I asked how people felt about yesterday's game, and we got uh, uh, James Escobedo. I hope I'm saying that right, James. Uh, he uh, responded with, Anything was better than a loss yesterday. I think everyone should feel pretty good about Matt Flynn bringing us back after being down 16 points in the fourth quarter. I think we have a pretty good chance to win on Thursday. Um, gosh, I admire your optimism. I hope I hope you're right if Matt Flynn plays. Uh, one of the things I wanted to touch on real quick is how funny it would have been to me if Matt Flynn was able to complete that comeback, given that he seems to exist only to one-up Aaron Rodgers. He has the six touchdowns, the 480, both tied for Packers records. It took Aaron two years to get both of those back. And then the only thing 
that Aaron really hasn't done in his whole career is come back from a big deficit, and Flynn almost did it yesterday. Yep. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I mean, James is right to a point. I mean, although we, like we both mentioned, we're kind of coming away from that game negatively, but I, I mean, if, if Flynn doesn't go in, it's just the loss, <laughs> and you're pretty much out of things. So mm-hmm. um, I guess I mean, he's looking on the bright side of things, and I wish I, f- I felt a little bit better too, but I mean, he's right. <laughs> if uh, it's, it's, A tie is much better than a loss. We couldn't have afforded that loss. Uh, yeah, that's true. Um, especially in the division, uh, you you still sort of have a chance. But I, I think if you lose to the Lions, you're dead anyways, just because of the division record. Yeah, uh, Lions already swept the Bears, which is huge. Um, I guess we're going to sign off pretty quick here because we're still kind of skeptical that this recording uh, system is going to work. But um, do we want to just real quick uh, analyze the rest of the NFL? Because I was so angry yesterday about Aaron Rodgers' injury all over again, watching the rest of the field in the National Football League. The Colts stink every other week. Um, You know, Seattle looks pretty good. The Saints look pretty good. But we'll see what happens with the 49ers tonight. Hopefully they have a tough defensive win or loss so that and I the Cardinals are the best. The Cardinals are ridiculously good. They're <laughs> and and uh, Carolina looks like Ditka's Bears out there. Nobody mm-hmm. can score on them and they're just doing enough to to score on offense. And now the Chiefs and Broncos seem to have some dents in their shield. I have no idea who should win um or who who is the favorite now. I almost think default it's Seattle cuz they're going to have a free pass to the Super Bowl. Uh, with their home field advantage, I'm I'm thinking. But what are your thoughts on the whole field? It's wild. I mean, I think Seattle, even Seattle, I'm not really that sold on anybody being that much better than anybody else who's in the playoff race. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's about eight, nine teams in the NFC that any of them could go to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't be shocked. Um, and I think that there's only about two or three good teams in the AFC, but... It, it's so wide open, and we're going to see exactly what we've seen the last three years is that we're going to see random wildcard teams going to the Super Bowl and winning that mm-hmm. you know aren't even really going into the playoffs with any momentum like Baltimore last year. It, it's going to be a crazy playoffs, and especially down the stretch here, just getting there. Mm-hmm. I mean, a team like Arizona that's playing well, I think they're out right now too, aren't they even, out of the playoffs? Um, well, it depends on what happens with San Francisco tonight. If so- okay, yeah, because I believe San Francisco is and, and Carolina are currently the the wild cards yeah so a team like arizona is out where if you throw them in the afc they're probably you know the the three or the four seed right now but yeah because tennessee is the six seed right now in the afc yeah that's and they're awful yeah <laughs> that was one of the teams and they won yesterday but that was one of the teams that i was thinking immediately when you said the packers were one of the worst teams in the nfl it's like i think they might still be better than tennessee or oakland or like half the bottom of the afc all right but maybe they're the worst team that doesn't play in the afc south yeah, I mean, they may be worse than anybody else in the NFC, but they're better than a whole bunch of AFC teams still. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's going to be crazy. I mean, there's a lot of good – there might be some good teams that don't make the playoffs. I mean, if we have Aaron Rodgers back, we might finish at 10-6 and six and, and not even get in. Mm-hmm. So it's it's going to be crazy. So we've got, what, there's five weeks left now after tonight, I believe? Yep. Okay, so, I mean, it's going to be a pretty intense five weeks. I'm sure some teams will fall, fall to the wayside here, but right now there's – everybody's in it basically right now. I don't think really – Hardly anybody in the NFC is out of it except for maybe Minnesota and um, Washington. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody I can't think else is Tampa playing. Bay probably Oh, Tampa's well. got to be other yeah, 3-8. and eight, But they're yep. playing better than a lot of teams right now. Yeah, yeah, they're playing better than Green Bay right now. So uh, This is just one of them weird seasons, and it tends to happen every now and then in the NFL. I just kind of almost hope as the fan of the historic NFL that we 
are granted reprieve and we get a Super Bowl with some of these good teams? Because there's a clear separation between the great, the good, and then the just bizarre teams. And I just, this feels like a year where I'm like, come on, football gods, just save it and give me Saints Broncos or, or something like that in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, probably going to be another Cardinals-Titans <laughs> Super Bowl oh or something gross like that. Oh, that's disgusting. Can they rename it the Music City Bowl or, or you yeah. know, the <laughs> Little Caesars Pizza Bowl or something instead then? But, ugh, we'll see. What a gross year for NFL football. I was thinking this the other day. Is this the worst Packers season that we've ever personally witnessed? Uh, I I don't think so. I mean, oh, wait, you remember how frustrated we were back then. That was pretty terrible. Yeah. Um, Honestly, 09 was, might be worse. 09 is like the worst year when I think of it, just because they went 11 and five, and it was clear that Rodgers was great, but Favre was destroying the league as a Viking. Yeah, but it was all made better when he, when he <laughs> lost, I guess. So I guess I don't have the worst thoughts of that That's season true. still. That's true. Um, I guess I 05 was bad, but it was kind of fun cheering for like Sam Congato, and Brett was just bad. So yeah. what are you going to do? It's not because you have like a hurt quarterback or anything. And they started zero and four, so it like killed your spirit like right off, right away. And then you just were hoping they would win after that. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I would say 08 has probably been the most frustrating one I can remember. Last year was pretty bad too, even though you're a playoff team. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I can't yeah, really I, think. The, there's some other really bad ones where they're actually kind of good. Like, like 06 sucked, but it was a new regime. 04 was bad because you just know they didn't have a prayer because they had such a yeah. horrible defense. Um, but 08 was probably the worst because I wanted that team to win so bad after what happened in the summer. And then to start, what, 5-5, five 6-5 and 6-5 five, and five or something like that and then lose like the rest of the games of the season is, was hard mm-hmm. to swallow. So we'll see, but this one is definitely in the running for the worst Packers season we have ever watched. But hopefully it gets better. Um, you never know what could happen. There's still five games to play, and um, either way it's going to be a gross record to end the season with the, <laughs> with the tie. But you never know. If they win the division at 8-7-1, and one, I won't think of it as too bad. All right, so uh, with that, uh, we're going to wrap up Green and Go Forever. Hopefully you'll be able to hear this. And... Um, it's approaching another game in just a couple of days, as Matt said, and it's also approaching a major holiday. And I think, Matt, this might be the first Thanksgiving we've ever not spent together since uh, we became uh, legal brothers. So uh, wherever you are, I hope you're going to have a good Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's it's pretty depressing. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been I've been I've been with you on Thanksgiving for about eighteen years now, I think, or so. So well, we'll be we'll be, be twenty year old. We'll, we'll we will have been brothers for twenty years in February. So. Yeah, and I have to I have to spend it in Minnesota, so. Oh, yuck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sure it'll be a fun time, and Christmas is just around the corner, so we'll see you then. Yep. All right, so uh, everybody else have a happy holiday season as well. Happy Thanksgiving, and uh, take care, everyone.